0: There are so many benefits to knowing the Lord, to having a relationship with Jesus, to having God in your life, and this is one. So we're, we're in the series New Day, which takes us through a number of these. This one is about access, so new access. It, it may not seem new because it's 2,000 years old. so it's, uh, it's, it's been around a while. But at the time these things were written, this is this is all uh, like fresh and like wow. Which I think it still is wow. We are going to look at what happens in our relationship, the ability to communicate, the ability to connect with God, to see how He involves Himself, invades our lives, protects us, sustains us, provides for us how he does all, all sorts of things in, in our lives as we're living them on this planet during this time. And this is part of that process. So we have direct, direct access to the Father, to God the Father who's in heaven, who is on the throne, is also everywhere present, but this is our way of getting to that throne. We talked about a little of that in Hebrews Uh, a little earlier during our time of communion. And this is from John, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 16. So listen to this. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. So Jesus is talking to his friends, the disciples, and they have interacted as they've hiked around the countryside and he's been doing the, the preaching and sharing, but they've also just been on the road So they're asking him questions, and they're saying, you know, like, where are we going to get bread? You know, important things. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Going to the Father in the Son's name. Just imagine what you could pull off if you do that. You know, you go, you go to President Biden, but you use Hunter Biden's name. You probably stand a chance of getting things that you wouldn't get otherwise. <laughs> lots, of, lots of things you can get laptops. You haven't done this before. You get to go God to God the Father, requesting things, and you ask in Jesus' name, and He says you're, you're going to receive. So this sets up quite quite a problem. I don't know if you've ever run into this. So let's talk about skeptics and strugglers. There's been two thousand years of disappointment in getting something from God in Jesus' name. Two thousand years of disappointment. Can you imagine? Why would people bother with this ever again? Because there's just, you know, he just doesn't come through. Well, let's talk about that. When we come to uh, Psalm 66 18, he, he, the psalmist lets us know that if, if, if I regard uh, iniquity, sin in my life, then God will not hear me. So sin is a problem. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm not really listening to God. I'm just going to use Jesus name because I saw it in a verse and I can get whatever I want. I really like the new Mercedes. I think I need that one. And I and I I want it in black and I want leather seats and you know so you, you, you. and then so disappointed when it doesn't come. So so bummed I didn't get what I wanted. And And God just doesn't love me. And I don't know if God hears. I don't know that prayer works. Prayer probably doesn't work because I didn't get what I wanted. I am so disappointed. Now, I'm living the same life, the same sinful, do my thing, my way, demanding, screaming, hollering at the world around me, screaming at the TV, screaming at God himself. But I prayed in Jesus' name. So he is obligated to come through and give me what I want. Sin is a problem. There's another one. Then we get to James four, and he says you not. You ask of God, but well, when you ask of God, and he says part of the time you don't you don't get answers because you don't ask him. That's that's James four two. He says, well, you know, you got to ask. That's part of it. So prayer is just blown off because, you know, already got disappointments. He doesn't come through, so why bother? Uh, That God, if he really cared, he'd just take take care of this stuff for me. He'd fix it. He'd fix the relationships. He'd fix me. He'd fix the people around me. He'd fix the government. He would fix it all so that this could be like paradise. Let me back up. You realize when God created, he made... This planet, wonderful, said it was good, all of it. Not only good, very good, place called paradise, Garden of Eden. This mountaintop experience where people had a relationship with God. He provided everything they needed, everything. They were comfortable. The temperature was right. Remember, they didn't wear much. They got to eat a lot. Everything they needed was there. They're vegetarians. Everything is is coming from God, and he would come and hang out with them. So there's this relationship. That's paradise. That's perfect. Do you know what's built into us? Something's wrong here, now. Something is not right. I long for the comfort, the protection, the provision of paradise. The same paradise. I know there's a paradise view not far from here, but come on. It's not paradise. The one that is coming again. The one that God is bringing is paradise. He will bring that all about once again. In the meantime, what we have are pockets of paradise. Kingdom of God shows up. Jesus is providing those things periodically in ways that let let us know those things are coming. But in our hearts, we know there's something missing. And we long for that. So that's a legit thing. It's just broken for now. But our tendency is to want it to be perfect, to be perfectly comfortable. And if God doesn't make it that way right now, right now, for me, I don't care if he does it for somebody in New Jersey. I don't give a rip about that guy. Me. And I need perfect I need perfect now, I need perfect everything. I need a perfect body, I need perfect people. I need perfect conversation I need perfectly to be perfectly upheld and affirmed and loved and applauded at every turn and again that 's probably not you guys it 's the church behind us, but some people struggle with those things and god says i 've got i 've got this really remarkable thing that's going to happen. I'm going to send my son. He's going to die on a cross. He's going to open the way for you to be able to come to the throne for whatever you need. You can come directly to the throne of grace. And I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. Now, not if you're living in sin, not if you're rebelling, not if you're rejecting me. No. And you got to ask. you got to come. Well, James goes on in James 4, and he says, not only... Do you have to ask? You have to ask in a, such a way that it's not just about you. It's not selfish. It's not centered on your stuff, your way, which is that's a problem. And he's not going to answer those. You can use Jesus' name all you want. Because you ain't following Jesus. you got to be following Jesus. So that's going to block it. There's another part to this, and that's the... Uh, Sight, so if you want the S's for this, this is sin, self, and sight. So the sight is the part where we don't see it. So we ask, God answers, but he answers in a way that's not exactly how we had imagined in our heads. So then obviously he didn't answer, right? Right. So Garth Brooks, this, this amazing theologian, <laughs> who you cannot see if you go to Branson because of the crowds, by the way. the uh, Garth Brooks has a song in which he says, Thank God for unanswered prayers. Unanswered prayers. He's asking, gone to the Lord. He actually followed through on that. And God answered in a different way. And he just lists things that happened a different way than what he had asked. And as he looks back on his life, he says, Oh, wow, am I glad God didn't listen to me. Because look at this. How much better this is because he didn't answer my prayer. So sometimes we miss it because we're not seeing what God provides. We have a sunrise And and those are all the time, by the way, because they're all around the world happening constantly. You knew that, but just just reminding you. Constantly, God is revealing himself to the people of the world. Constantly revealing himself. Just as the sun is coming up all around the planet all the time. There is an opportunity to recognize that he is there. And people get up, go about their lives, busy, 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 taking care of all their responsibilities, whining about whatever they're whining about, and they miss it. They don't even see God. They don't see God in that. They don't see uh, God in the day-to-day, the fact that they, if, if they're in a place where they get to eat, if you live in Sudan, you may be happy to eat once a week. Here we get to eat until we get fluffy. There's a lot of food available, and it's a different world. Do we see God in that? Do we see God in the abundance of the corn that's raised? Or when the waters are flowing, that we still have water in the rivers that are around here. In other places, they have rivers that are just dry. Do we see God in its sight? So what do we see? What do we see? What do we see when we take a breath and we're able to do that easily? If you've ever been around somebody with COPD and you go, wow, that's that's tough. Just to breathe is tough. Just to go up a step or a stairs is tough. Do we see God in that? Now we're busy. We got other things that are much more important than recognizing that God is. So how, how really good are we at recognizing God answered my prayer? God came through for me. God provided for me. God heard me on the throne. He heard me. And extended grace sometimes it's sight we just miss it but it's available it's available Jesus says use my name go to the Father I'm gonna make direct access possible this is this is amazing this is how how this changes things because you know you may be thinking "I, I don't see how this is gonna work so way back in the early days of Moses taking the people of Israel out of Egypt, and they are on their way, and they come into uh, contact with the Amalekites, and there are, a battle ensues. We've got a battle. This is Exodus chapter 3, or 17. Exodus 17, verses 8 through 13. Listen to this. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Am- Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua... Choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us tomorrow. And I'll stand on, on the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. So he's on the hill. Moses is up on the hill. Army's down below, and he's watching this thing. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and her—her her is a name, Climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. So what's going on there? This is prayer. This is, this is Moses calling on God to bring his resources to the army, to individual soldiers on the ground, to warriors who are battling Amalek, representing God and his kingdom. So part of what we're doing when we're praying and, and what Jesus is talking to in John 16 when he's talking to his disciples, the idea is we're in a battle, and we represent a king, and we are part of a kingdom, God's kingdom. And so as part of that, we are to be fighting that battle. Well, you don't know what Mary Lou said about me. That's the battle, Jesus. I need you from God's throne to deal with her. And he's going, well, that has nothing to do with my kingdom. Exactly. So how many non-kingdom things do we bring to his attention? He's fighting a battle. There is a king. There is a kingdom. And when prayer goes up, guess who wins? Because he's praying about the things that matter. So the Amalekites are opposed to God. It's part of what's happening here, and Moses is praying, and things happen. And just to tie this into the explanation of these things, there are Jewish writings called targums, and in this targum, this is their explanation of what was happening here in Exodus 17. When Moses lifts up his hands in prayer, the house of Israel prevailed. But when he restrained his hands from prayer, the house of Amalek prevailed. Targums of Jonathan in Jerusalem. So, how's your prayer? Have you noticed a prayer that, if it happens, when it happens, it tends to look at your kingdom, not his? Is it more about... My feelings and how my day went, but I haven't seen God in days. Though the sunrise shows up every morning, I've been eating meals every day. My heart's been beating, and I have been breathing freely, but I haven't seen God in days. And he's saying, I've got some things for you. I've got some things that will just blow your mind. Remember, there is a battle. Seek first His kingdom, we're told, Jesus says that in Matthew 6, we're supposed to seek our God and his kingdom, his righteousness first. Well, not before you deal with the kids, not before you deal with my issues, not before you deal with how I feel about things. Uh, I think it said first. So that kingdom, his issues, what he's trying to do in this world, He's trying to help us to see him. That's huge. And then for us to help others to see him. That's huge. When we raise prayers, we reach the Father. And when we do that, the king prevails. Because he set it up that way. He could wipe us all out. He could just blink and it start all over. He's chosen not to. He's chosen to partner with us and engage and allow us to engage in prayer so we can talk to the father and enjoy this incredible privilege of prayer to see his power released and see things happen in this world he will move things he will make things happen and we think sometimes oh my you know it's just me and i don't really amount to much or count for much or you know what's my what difference does my prayer make
1: Hmm.
0: Let's look at a video John Paul Jackson in this uh, talking about prayer, prayer from afar.
1: Uh, I was going, embarking on a, a journey with John Wimber to do some conferences in the UK and in Western Europe. I had gone to the, leaving that day, we were flying to Cardiff, Wales, and so I left the L.A. airport to, on my, my leg of the journey to join him. He was already in, in Cardiff. And so I, I was feeling ill. I, didn't, I thought maybe it was a 24-hour hour flu that was kind of going around then. I thought, well, I'll get over my jet lag and I'll get over the flu at the same time. And I got to Cardiff. We did the conference in Cardiff. Uh, but I wasn't getting better. I was, I was worse than, than it was when I started. We went from Cardiff, Wales, to Livingston or Edinburgh, Scotland, the Lemmingston, Lemmingston's just outside. So I got, to, I got to burn, and I was, I was getting ill, and by the time, I'm not getting ill, but continuing to get worse, and by the time that I finished the conference in Bern, Switzerland, I was swollen really bad, and I was pale and yellowing, I had, uh, my ankles were so swollen, they were hanging over the sides of my shoes, my, I had really no neck. Not much facial features. My face was really puffy, um, and I had excruciating pain uh, that would shoot in my back and uh, seeming underneath my ribs or in my my stomach abdominal area. Finished the conference in in uh, Bern and was going to Geneva. Got to the, the hotel in Geneva. The conference started the next day. I'm the only speaker there at this this conference. I'm laying in bed, it's 2.30 in the morning and I'm, I'm doing what I call complaining intercession. So complaining intercession kind of goes like this. Oh God! What are you doing? Why are you doing this to me I've been faithful I've done everything you've asked me to do, and you haven't healed me you even it's been like twenty one days literally and i i just said you have, you came to Daniel in twenty one days you sent your angels to Daniel, and what more do I have to do? You've got to heal me and towards the end of it i i said i said lord I, 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 I can't go on anymore. I'm either going to the hospital in the morning or you're going to heal me. And you make the choice. You heal me and I do the conference, but you don't heal me. I'm going to the hospital because I'm really sick this time. This isn't like I've got a cold. This is, I, I, something is really, really wrong with me. I had just finished saying that and felt something or somebody standing beside me, our present. So I looked over and there. To my right was this this small man, maybe four foot ten, four foot eleven, five foot tall at at the highest. And he's looking at me, and he he looks really old, like he's in his late 80s or 90s. It's hard to tell because he had real weathered skin, and real gnarled and wrinkled hands from the sun, uh, and had white hair slicked back on his head. And he was just looking at me. And I I I literally thought I was hallucinating. I thought that at that particular time I told I, I looked and said, God, I told you I'm sick. I'm hallucinating. I think there's somebody standing here. Lord, please, you know, I don't need this. I, I need you to heal me. And then I thought, wait a minute, this this might be an angel of God, and I literally said, <laughs> "Kind of old to be an angel," but nothing in the Bible says young angel, old angel. They just they just say angels, and say like big angels, fast angels, tall angels, great angels, strong angels, you know. But nothing says young old. So I thought maybe it's an angel, and, and I said, "Okay, if this if this if you've sent this angel to me to to, to pray to be here, then I want." I want him to pray for me, and I want to get well. And and Lord, I don't want any of the spirit stuff where he puts his hand right through me. I want I want to feel the weight of his hand. I want to feel the heat of his hand. And, and I want to I want him to put his hands on my hands because my hands were on my stomach because that's where I've been complaining. And I said I want to be healed. And and he looks at me, and this this old man just says, "I've come to pray for you so that you might get healed." So, he lays his hands on my hand, and the best way I can describe it is this liquid thick substance like honey. Hot honey. That's how thick it was. I didn't see it, but that's it felt the thickness of honey. It it went through my hands, it went through my belly, it entered into me and like a scroll, it began to slowly unroll down my waist and slowly unroll up my chest, just slowly. And as it did, I could I could literally feel it rolling inside of me. And as it did, the behind the scroll was was no pain. And in front of the scroll was great pain and swelling. Uh, it eventually rolled out the bottom of my feet. It, it rolled out the top of my head, and I was instantly healed, just just instantly healed. And I'm looking at the man. He's smiling at me. I'm smiling at him. I didn't take my eyes off of him. He was pretty much the focus of my attention at that moment. And right in front of my eyes, Randy, he disappeared. He just He just disappeared. And I jumped out of my bed and I said, Lord, thank you for sending your angel to heal me. Thank you for sending your angel to heal me. I'm going to the conference. I'm healed. And I hear the audible voice of God, Randy. I hear the audible voice of God. And he says, I didn't send an angel. I was shocked. I literally fell to the floor and I thought the devil healed me. God, and I begin to pray, Lord, the the devil healed me. You let the devil heal me. Why did you do that? I wasn't complaining that bad. You let the devil heal me. I'm your servant. I've been doing what you called me to do. I have done everything you've asked me to do, and you let the devil heal me. You could have stopped him, and you didn't, and now I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And so I am laying on the floor complaining aching. they. Why did you do that? The devil kills the killer, stealer, destroyer. Now he's done destroyed me and you let him do it. And then I hear the voice almost, uh, uh, the voice of the Lord. I mean, he wasn't laughing, but it was, it was, there was like humor in this tone. And he said, it wasn't him. Just audibly, so clearly, it wasn't him. And so I, I go, well, Lord, if, if it wasn't an angel, and if it wasn't the devil, who was it? And instantly, Randy, just like that, I'm I'm taken in a vision to a little hut. And I'm looking inside this hut like the wall disappears. I'm looking inside this hut, and there on a dirt floor is kneeling on his knees with his arms outstretched like this, this man that had just been with me. And he is, he is crying to the Lord, and he's saying this, He's saying, Lord, do, do you even know I'm here? Do you even know I exist? I'm this little old man. And I live in this little village outside, uh, 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 in this little village in Mexico. And he identified the country in, here in Mexico. And he says, I'm going to stand before you soon. I'm not going to live much longer. And I have nothing to lay at your feet. Nothing. I don't even know if you're hearing me right now. I don't even know if you know I exist. But is it too late to use me? Is there anything that you could use me to do? I know I'm old, but is there anything you can use me to do? And I'm taken out of that. And as I'm coming back from the vision, I hear the Lord, the Lord saying to me that I took this man at his word and I used him And much of what you do from this point on, I will credit to his account. Because I probably would have died. Much of what you do from this point on, I will credit to his account.
0: So your prayers really don't count for much, do they? Yeah, just a little old guy in Mexico making a difference in somebody's life around the world. We have the privilege of coming into the presence of the living God on behalf of other people, and sometimes in rare occasions it'll be something like that where the Spirit of God is using us and moving us around the world for people we don't even know. But we do know enough people, we know enough situations that we can be involved in changing lives. And being a part of things by prayer and by praying properly, by entering into our prayer because we're joining with God and the kingdom. And we are walking with Jesus. So it's not selfishness, it's not sin blocking, it's not a lack of sight. It's turning to our God who cares about us and Jesus who is made a way to get to the throne, and we can pray and see things happen. And when we pray, the armies of the Lord prevail. We choose not to pray. Amalek wins. And we wonder sometimes why things are happening the way they are. The victory is is going to ultimately be the Lord's, but we have an opportunity to be part of that now. Everything's like... The links in a chain, and we're just part of that. We're part of those links that we, we are participating now at this point in history for the people in the world we know, and we're praying, and we are connecting that link to the next link. We don't know all the links that even got to us, that reach back 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years of people, people in our family, people in the faith who have prayed, who have stood the test. And God Almighty is working in and through them, answering prayers from great great grandparents. And it's being fulfilled in us today. And we don't know. We don't know who they are. They're just thinking they're not doing anything. And yet their prayers are powerful and they are making a difference. And we need to have sight so we see what God is doing. We recognize that some of our prayers are probably off base and we need to stay on track. And if we're praying for things that don't fit where God is going, I hope he doesn't listen. So we need some unanswered prayers. Pray for unanswered prayers, too. <laughs> Just don't let me mess it up. But God is doing some great things. And uh, so that's John Paul Jackson. He's got a number of things on YouTube that are that are interesting. If You can check him out. He later... Uh, Got cancers living down in the down Anything? Oh, it was the batteries. Cool. Now we got ever ready, so let's we'll see how that goes. Okay. So the prayer that John Paul Jackson received or the answer to prayer that he received there, you know, brought about healing. The next time it didn't. And they had to do surgery and, and a number of things. He had to go through the normal cancer treatment things and and uh, he passed away. So God knows the timing as well, you know, which things need to happen and when and sometimes it's healing, sometimes it's just strength to get through whatever it is that's before us. And uh, sometimes like in this case, this this old man in Mexico is praying and and he's going to be credited with somebody else's work so he has something to present and he's probably prayed for others too and he doesn't even know it yet that will show up when he meets the lord in that time that you bring what you have and he's going to be able to bring things that he's going to be surprised by because it'll be from another person that um, is now being credited to him it's pretty cool so trust god keep praying this is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and these all run in a list. These are This is verse after verse. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 21. Always be joyful. And again, if you're a skeptic or a struggler, you're going, nope. Ain't doing that. Can't be joyful. Whatever this is, this horrible situation, my battery's dead, or some other thing, and it's just... Life sucks. So there you go. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Lord, you don't understand how bad it's been and how horrible these people have been to me. And you don't know my situation. And the answer to all of that, of course, is yes, he does. And... And yet, 2,000 years ago, knowing where you would be and what you would be doing, and he knows your name and how many hairs are on the top of your head, and he says, always be joyful and don't stop praying. You want to hear from God today? You just did. You just did. Be thankful in all circumstances for this. Well, I just want to know God's will for me. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus be thankful in all you mean my circumstances you don't know how bad my circumstances are be thankful in all circumstances that's god's will for you do not stifle the holy spirit don't shut him down don't keep him from working don't ignore him don't push him away do not stifle And the whole idea there, you know, you just blew out the candle. You got the light. He's coming to your life, and you go, No, I don't want to be joyful. I don't want to pray. I'm not thankful for my circumstances. Nope. And out goes the light. You go what? You know, I just read the Bible, I don't get much out of it. I pray, I don't get much out of it. I'm just I just don't think he's coming through for me. Two thousand years of skeptics and struggling. 2,000 years, and God knew there's sin, selfishness, lack of sight, not trying to promote the kingdom, not seeking the king. But it's all his fault. All his fault, obviously. I'm being sarcastic. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Do not stifle. Don't put that candle out. Don't blow that flame. This is the Holy Spirit, the light, who is given to you. Jesus made it possible, and he's given to every believer. Don't stifle the Holy Spirit. How would you do that? Well, you scoff at prophecies or information, revelation, Just heard a story. This is a testimony from a man who was suffering, and he tells you this weird story about this dude in Mexico. Well, isn't that a nice mythological story, fictional story? Do not scoff at prophecies. What happens when you scoff at prophecies? God's revealing himself in some way, and you go, No, thank you. That's back to the sight. I don't want to see it. I don't see God. I don't care what's out there that's not how things go i know how things go because i know all things do not stifle the holy spirit do not scoff at prophecies when things come along that you don't understand how about learn from them how about research check the evidence see if something good came out of that wow that's almost like the verse do not scoff at prophecies test everything that is said hold on to what is good First Thessalonians chapter five, pointing us to this incredible access that we have with our living God who has made it possible because of who Jesus is and what He has done, and he's brought us into the very throne room of God to ask him to be a part of our lives to particip- to participate in ways we can't even imagine just yet He provides he's going to help us win battles. He's he's going to be there to help us navigate this life so that we can enter into the next one where paradise does exist, where the new Eden is, where our time with God will be remarkable and all those things we've longed for will be fulfilled. It's coming. Not on this side, on the other, but it's coming. And he's trying to get us ready for that. And he's giving us access now so we can enjoy as much of it as possible here, now, in our lives, regardless of the circumstances. So be thankful, whatever those are, because those challenges are there for a reason. And they're to help us to pray, to reflect on God, to see him involved in these things. Whatever the weirdness of them are, or the hardships that exist, he is trying to help us to see them to see him and them, to fall on our knees and pray, to humbly go to him, to remember him, and to remember others, to pray for others, and and not just those in our immediate vicinity, but those around the world. And we get to be a part of it. So always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is said good. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for making this possible. Thank you for not abandoning us, but seeking us out, reaching out, sending Jesus, opening a door so that we could come into your presence boldly. We are boldly able to come and welcomed to come, invited to your throne to pray, to give you thanks, to appreciate what you've done. Thank you for the things you're doing here today. Thank you for working among us. I pray for those who are hurting, who are ill physically for healing. I pray for those who are emotionally feeling pain, that you would heal, touch them as well. And guide, Lord, in all circumstances to recognize you, to see you, to see your hand on things. And thank you for unanswered prayer and our goofiness. We come up with some things that we ought not pray. Thank you for not... Giving us those, and thank you for hearing us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: I speak the name of Jesus over you in your heart.